Hey guys, no intro music today because it's a bit more serious and I'm hoping the lack of music will really hammer home my point because I have a request for everyone who is listening. Recently, I've had a revelation. If you've been following the podcast, then you'll probably remember me talking about a sexual assault I experienced while I was training Krav Maga. You know, when I was assaulted by another instructor who is, by the way, still there and the director of the French arm of this Krav Maga organization that is global. Now, this happened back in my early 20s. So I was really young and naive. And after it happened, the feedback was mostly either A, well, who cares? You're both consenting adults. <clears throat> or B, Tell him to stop because it could damage the organization. Think of the optics, right? And, you know, there was a ton of other toxic, sexist bullshit. And that episode is called, Hey, Martial Arts, Time to Divorce Toxic Masculinity, if you want more details on that. But here's why I need your help, guys. Because after I did that episode, I found another survivor whose story is really scary similar to mine in a lot of ways. And she's here today to tell her story. Now, she's asked to remain anonymous, so we will call her Mona. And our discussion is so... It's liberating. I mean, during the whole conversation. I mean, I'm listening to what happened to her and the whole thing is so unfair and it's excruciating. And there's this raw anger that we both feel and express that you don't really hear a lot from survivors because we're so worried about, oh, if we show our anger, we won't be taken seriously. But no, both of us are angry and we embrace that. And there's this liberation and this disbelief and this like, what moment at being able to find someone else who understands, who gets it. And it is beautiful. And for so many years, I thought I was alone and I thought I was the only one and crazy and taking things too seriously. And it wasn't even until like a month ago where I finally was able to call what happened to me a sexual assault. And by the way, the woman who finally used that term and called it out, called it what it was, was a Krav Maga instructor who knew what happened and at the time, was there. We actually chatted recently about it, and um, it was just this whole other piece that really connected me to this reality of what actually happened. And her husband, actually, when he found out what went down, he remembers me the day after looking completely shell-shocked. Like, my personality did this flip, this 180 from, like, bubbly and happy and excited to, like, like so dramatically a shift that this guy who I'd met you know, and known for two days, remembers and took notice and could recall what happened. It was that unusual. Just an aside, by the way, this female instructor at the time was slandered for being a shrill, whiny, complaining little bitch. You know, another piece of the puzzle that took a lot of these brave women coming forward to put everything together. So going back to why I need your help, guys. Mona coming forward and hearing from other people who were there and witnessed what happened and could validate my reality, it was like this 
clenched muscle that has been just like tensed up inside my body that I'd, I'd gotten used to and just a part of me relaxed. I feel like I have finally kind of come to this level of understanding and peace that wasn't possible before. And it is, it's really incredible to have that revelation. So a huge thank you to these women because they are fucking brave for doing this. And here's where you guys can come in and where you can help me because Mona and I, we're not the only survivors. There's no way. Chances are there are so many more. So please help me find these other survivors because gosh, they're if they are out there, I want them to have the kind of peace that I found. It is such a relief, this understanding I have. And it wasn't possible without knowing there were others like me. So please help me find them because they deserve to know. They deserve to have this revelation, to have this understanding, just like me and just like Mona. And speaking of, here is her story. Today we have a very special guest, but first a little bit of a background. A few weeks ago, I published an episode where I talked about some trauma from training Krav Maga. I'm not going to say the name of the organization, but let's just say it was Krav Maga practiced on a global level, you know, so like not like a Krav Maga on a national level, Krav Maga on a global level. <coughs> <coughs> Um, can't sue me for that. Um, and what was so surprising to me was at the time, I really thought that I was alone in my story. And it's part of why I was so isolated for years and thinking that I was the only one. But it turns out I wasn't. So today we're actually going to talk to someone who went through a very similar experience and someone I personally trained with. Her name is Mona. This is an alias. So don't you go creeping on her. I will send my powers after you. <laughs> so with <laughs> hi Mona. I'm glad you're hi, laughing ready? introduction. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here, Mona. Thank you for the invitation. Yes. Yes. Um, nice knowing that I wasn't the only one. I feel a bit less crazy now that um it's like, okay, it wasn't just me. Hooray. So in as much detail as you're comfortable with, can you please share what happened to you? Yes. Um, so like the story begin, I think in 2013 uh, in uh, New York, I helped out somebody from uh, the organization to set up a Krav Maga school. And uh, this person I think was not highly knowledgeable in managerial terms and I had a managerial background, so I helped set up everything, finding students, doing Groupon or whatever, like a promotional things. And uh, at the same time, I was uh, doing a master degree. So like uh, after one year or one year and a half, I had to write a thesis and do internship, like so going into like a more professional uh, uh, experience and level. And uh, so I couldn't, I couldn't uh, babysit the Krav Maga school anymore. And uh, I was hoping that by that time, the professor or like, yeah, the instructor would be able to manage his school on his own, of course. And uh, so- Were you getting paid to babysit the school? Cause you were getting a mm, master's degree, doing a thesis. You were like doing all this work. Were you getting com like compensated for your time? 
Exactly. No, I was not. Uh, we had an agreement that, uh, for example, for like some of like uh, special <laughs> promotions that I set up to bring some new students into the school, I was supposed to be paid, I don't remember, like 50% or like something like that. And uh, that was was agreed. Of course, there was zero contracts. Uh, it was all word of mouth. You know, it is in this Krav Maga organization. It's like, ah, I trust you. I have only one word. Like, so things happen is that uh, I, 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 was less and less involved because I have like like the real reason why I was to going to New York happening, which was to get my master and like uh, advance. And uh, the instructor was getting taking it more and more personally, even though I was taking telling him it was not personal and that I had my own reason. And he ended up, yeah, he, 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 he totally freaked out. He was supposed to organize a big event with like the number one person of uh, this organization coming from Israel to New York to train. And because of me, of course, like this thing didn't happen. So he looked bad in front of like his master. So that's when things begin to like totally like uh, escalate. Uh, after my I got my master, I took like uh, one month and a half holiday in Latin America. And uh, things get really bad at that point. And he began to like... Uh, really like send me insults and so I send him a very professional email because I knew I shouldn't get emotionally involved like just to like stick to the fact stating like uh, all the money he owed me all this thing we agreed and then like I told him that I would like go out of like his uh, organization but like he needed to pay me I don't know it until like also it was ridiculous at the end so still like 1k 2k not even like a real payment you know for everything that I did for him and uh, he sent me like even more insult email. And then on top of that, he did uh, like a public Facebook post when he sent like death threat. He didn't write my name, but uh, he was like, oh yeah, you think uh, you can do whatever you want. As soon as you will put the first foot on the tarmac of New York, uh, I will come and like, I will get you. I don't know exactly, like something super violent. This guy was part, was an ex SWAT team. So, you know, hyper-violent. He was very fond of telling everybody that he kind of like killed a robber that tried to introduce into his own house and that because he was an ex from the SWAT team, he never got charged from that, you know. And so, I mean, somebody very violent, very strong, very big, most probably like three times my weight and uh, mentally not very stable, I would say. I mean, when Honestly, when I, I, I saw that, I, I begin my eyes. I begin to cry like, like a child because I was like, I couldn't believe, you know, I put a lot of my art into like creating that school. And I can understand like sometimes like uh, people end up disagreeing and like I saw the situation was like not getting better, but like, like being like so much insults and like all the way to like death threats. And I, I was like, no, I cannot believe, you know, it's like we are not children like is like is more dangerous than like uh, lacking mentality maturity anyway so this happening to me i was like all right this is not normal this is not fair i mean like it's obvious that he's losing it so i contacted uh, the director of this uh Krav Maga organization uh, nationally so like uh, director of the united states i explained to him the story and uh, I also contacted on the side the main number one uh, that is who is based in Israel to explain to him directly the story because I trained with that uh, person as well. And uh, the number one in Israel never answered me back. The number one in the United States, who also knew this director from New York, um, 
explained some concern, but was kind of like, I'm sorry, we cannot really do anything. Also, at that point, I was kind of like trying to move forward and I wanted to open my own craft maga school in New York. So the thing is like, there is some regulations that you cannot be like that close, like you need to have some distance in between two schools. So I was asking regarding the consequences, the fact that, I mean, like he's going nowhere with his craft maga school because he's not able to manage it, whereas I can, obviously, uh, can I open the school? And, uh, and, uh, and I mean, like I get no from everybody. And... <laughs> And I was left uh, in New York with like no possibility to train. And um, and uh, so I keep on training because I was like uh, an other instructor uh, in uh, DC who agreed to let me pass a few uh, additional tests to get to like higher grade or whatever uh, through her school. But I had to train on my own. So a friend of mine with whom I trained in Singapore was also living in New York. So I knew him for like already a few years. Uh, agreed to come in my heart. I mean, we were, we were training every Saturday and Sunday for me to keep uh, like uh, learning from my Kromaga test. And through that friend, I was hearing everything that my former instructor in New York was spreading all the lie on my back, of course, you know, like, uh, like it was all my fault that uh, everybody within the international organization knew that I lost it, but that maybe the number one was saying that it's okay, we pardon you, we, give, we forgive you. So like, you can go back to train with like the school in New York. And I was like, what the hell? Why, why would I even come back to train with a guy who like, like clearly like would like to kill me at least once in his life. And somebody who's like super strong and super mentally not stable, you know? So that's, um, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it, it was such a joke. And uh, also, what I couldn't believe it's like this was done. I trained with like so many people across the United States. I thought I had like a friend, like a crew, like a family, whatever you call it. You know, in this kind of like environment, everybody saw it. Everybody knew the guy. Everybody knew the guy was unstable and like he had like a past of like doing this kind of stuff. Uh, and there was nobody for me. And uh, this uh, instructor even got a promoted, he got promoted to director of the United States. And uh, I mean, it was like really like uh, unbearable to see all of that. And yeah, and at one point I, I won a competition for whatever reason to be able to train to like um, a black belt uh, level. And so that was really something I was really looking forward to get. So like since I began Kramaga, I was like, Oh my God, I really want to go to the black belt level. I don't know. It felt like cool, no? And uh, and so I, I got uh, there for free because of course every training you need to pay. You need to pay for your accommodation, for your flight, but you also need to pay for your training. And uh, which was not something I could afford, of course. And uh, so I, I got there for free. And, uh, and who was the instructor in charge of my group? No, the guy from New York who sent like public death threats that everybody saw and everybody knew. You know, it was humiliating on top of being super scary. Honestly, I was just scared. You know, I was scared that he would pretend to look cool, and then at one point he will just come out of the dark when I will go to the bathroom or whatever, or try to get revenge or like. Just his presence was horrible, 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 and everybody knew. I mean, so like yeah, it was a big insult in itself. Anyway, after that, I moved out of the United States. And uh, when I arrived in France, I, um, I got close to like the French, um, the, the French side of this um, international uh, organization. 
And so I contacted the director of like uh, Krav Maga France to like let him know I was there, my grade, who I trained with, and like that uh, was kind of like a legit in a way. And that uh, so I begin to train, yes, <laughs> legit. And uh, legit, I begin to ass. come um, to this training over uh, weekends. Uh, I did the first one, I did two, three maybe. And um, some were like with like very few students. So it was kind of like in a close committee and it was all right. Some were like, we are more than like 100 or 200. I don't remember, it was like a gigantic training. So, I mean, you know, if like somebody like speak to you weirdly or act weirdly, you kind of like be like, okay, well, so many school together, not everybody has been training under the same exact system, let's say. So maybe some are weirder than others. And like you, you, you just find a reason for people to like, um, yeah, to be misogynistic towards you. And then finally, I did like a three day training uh, with the director of Krav Maga France and with all the instructor of uh, Krav Maga France. So, of course, I was the only girl, I mean, woman. And uh, most of the persons there were in their 40s, I would say late, late 30s to early 50s. And uh, I mean, I think it really looked like they never saw a woman training Krav Maga at a high level because they were. Not happy. <laughs> they were not happy to see me there. Like clearly, like uh, like a woman, it's a, it's a, it's a white belt, you know. So like uh, you can tell her what to do, but like if it is a black belt like you, but it's not normal, you know. It's not uh, what is expected. So how do you call it? Was... Call it uh, misogyny. Sorry. You wait, uh, you you are said in your accent misogyny <laughs> misogyny. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know exactly what is the word in English. So. Yes, <laughs> no, it's yeah. okay. I'm just imagining because, um, you know, they, they can't see, but Mona is very beautiful and I trained with her personally. She was very good at Krav Maga. So I can so imagine this, you know, beautiful, smart woman who was super badass and good at training, walk into a room full of old white guys and then being like, okay, little lady. And she being like, yeah, now, nah, bro, I'm going to kick your ass. And then being like, oh, you get misogyny. Continue. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure I managed to kick their ass, to be honest, because I was just, I got tired very fast of the training, you know. Um, I was told with my first uh, Krav Maga instructor back in Singapore that um, in order to really be scary towards your um, attacker, you need to use anything you can. So be it like screaming at the person, like telling them no, like using long distance weapon, whatever. And uh, and then one thing was like, okay, when like you really need to fight, you need to like really like just go for it and go like full on like your wildest instinct. And it's been like, if uh, we were trained uh, to fight doing a lot of like um, guttural noises, like wild animal noises, like as a way to like, maybe if the person thinks, okay, you're crazy. So maybe they will not want to fight with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. <laughs> I'd be like, meow, bitch, you want to fight? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, I, I trained under this uh, mentality for like two years. So then after that's it, you know, I, I got it. And it was like almost impossible for me to like let go of like making sound or noise when I was fighting. And so when I arrived in France already, like I was not welcome. It was obvious. And, uh, and then when I begin to fight and make like the sound, like that's it. Like everybody lost it in the room, you know? And uh because they were not used to that and uh, they it's, it's it's within minutes it ended up being like them imitating me and adding like a highly like sexual sexual connotation to uh, my screaming and uh, i was 
I don't know. I was shocked. I was like, what? Like, seriously? Like, seriously? And then I had like 50 men like in their 40s or like, like imitating me, like, and like pretending I'm like, having sex, clearly. clearly. And then I was like, okay, it's going to be a long weekend. I don't know. Maybe. Ah, uh, no. It well, if you can't beat her, um, use misogynie. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. It's true, right? Like, I mean, and well, anyway, it was very bad. Um, and it was so obvious that I would thought that like the instructor in charge would have realized on his own because it was really like, like, I mean, they were all screaming, imitating me after I would be like making sounds, you know, like so. And uh, I, I remember like clearly, <laughs> clearly uh, I like uh, people were like making fun of me and like having like some sexual, uh, like either they even make some sexual comment or like I think like the sound. And I remember like doing like clearly eye contact with like the director of Kramaga Friends. And in my, the way he was looking at me and I was looking at him and it lasted for more than like five seconds. So I knew that, I knew, I thought he was understanding. It was like kind of like a scream for help. But at the same time, you know, like when you're in a woman in this position, you cannot begin to say, oh, but all the boys, they're not nice to me. Because I mean, like, come on, like you just open like the door to like even more like misogynistic. Uh, in a misogynistic? <laughs> yes, no, it's true, you know, like, uh, oh my God. So it was a horrible, unbearable moment that lasted for three days. And uh, at that time, I was still not done with my instructor training. Instructor training is like in three different time. I mean, for me, I, I had the option to do it in three different time. And uh, after this, uh, three... sorry? It's how they get your money. Exactly. It's like, uh, yes, on top of like you pay for like training over the weekend, you also pay like a huge amount of money, I have to say, like uh, to get uh, this 21 day of uh, instructorship. And uh, the director of Kramaga Friends contacted me a few weeks after like saying, okay, so when are you doing part three? And I was like, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, I don't feel comfortable training in France anymore. So if I will do part three, we'll be in another country. There is no way for me, I will ever, like maybe in this style, I was thinking, I don't know. And then he was like, oh, but why? I don't understand. And then I had to write black and white, man. Like, you know, you know what happened. Come on, don't pretend you don't know because like you hear it. Like, I mean, oh, I don't know, like maybe, you have some stuff in your eyes and in your heels that prevent you from like seeing the truth. I don't know, but it's, and uh, so I, I didn't want to write it because I felt like I was oh, telling on my friend, which they were not my friends, this guy, you know, like, but uh, I, had, I had to write everything down and then I, I felt very bad about having to write it and like kind of like, like, I don't know, like being bad for the crew, but you have to understand also like that this was not normal. And because of that, I would never go back to train in France ever again, you know? And then uh, his answer was like, oh, you should have told me because, uh, because you say nothing, I could do, not do anything. So it was a fault, you know? And, um, and pretty much that's how I stopped doing Krav Maga. <laughs> oh gosh. So this is crazy too because when you first uh you know when i first heard what happened to you i was like first of all in my mind i was able to like map out when this happened to you because i remember all these major events because everything went through the grapevine like not your story i actually didn't know that you were victimized like i was but i was like oh my gosh i remember when your abuser who threatened you like made you know the national like he was like the the, the head of krav maga usa and i was like yeah. oh my god i mean yeah. when this when all this was going on did you ever think that you weren't that you were like 
one of like many victims or were you like, nah, I'm the only one going through this? Oh, no, absolutely. I thought it was like my fault, you know. I, uh, I, I, I never in my life I could have think uh, this would happen to like an, another woman, especially because was this part that happened in the United States. I cannot really link that to like uh, my gender, even though now looking back, maybe if I would have been a man, maybe maybe it would have been different. Maybe I would have have more respect, you know, or like. Um, but with what happened in France, no, seriously, I thought I was just the wrong element. Uh, it was my fault because I was not training the same way that the other guy were doing and that, but like clearly I knew it was not my fault that the director didn't do anything because I know he hear everything and he saw everything and and he cannot pretend like, like there is like always like it's impossible. Like, come on, it was like two meters away from him, you know, like stop it, you know, it's like. <sighs> Stop it. Yeah. Stop, stop with the misogyny. <laughs> yes. Seriously. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, I um, Did I ever tell you actually who was the, the guy who actually sexually assaulted me in this organization, this Krav Maga organization on a global level? Did I tell you who it was? Uh, man, I think I understood that it was like somebody that was also behaving bad on my side so yep yep the the french director who blew you off when you went to him about those sexist 40 year old men he was the guy that on my first instructor in training sexually harassed me which was actually really nice for me to hear because i'm like okay i didn't make that up cool um Mm. he's just he's just a misogynistic jerk to women in general cool not alone (laughs) yeah um actually um i've been following your podcast i think since the beginning uh, i don't know exactly when you started uh, and uh, you know i mean it's difficult to speak about you know like trauma and abuse but uh, i really support uh, what you decided to do and i think it's important to speak about it and to realize it can really happen to everybody not like i don't know like what you watch a documentary or like on the news it's like no it's like the people like that you see and like it also happened to them and like no matter the background and then i feel like many of the things that you speak about in your podcast um i went through them as well but like seriously when you begin to speak about like the craft magazine like i totally i lost it you know i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it i uh i listened to it and then i begin to like tremble from my entire body and i was like no 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 okay and then i tried to like move on and do something else with my life I don't know, for like 30 minutes. And I was like, no, but like, seriously, I mean, it happened to her. Uh, I, I had no clue at the time um, with whom uh, it happened. And and then I was like, it's impossible. Like the same thing happened to me, like, but not exactly the same but thing, but like something happened in exactly the same um, organization. Each time I tried to speak about it, I was uh, silenced by everybody. I was silenced by everybody, everybody who could, could see nobody came and reached out to give a hand and like everybody was like silent because they wanted to belong they wanted to be nice they wanted to i don't know and so i was like i have to share i had to i had to share your podcast because i don't know maybe i'm still have in my friend like somebody who also went through that and maybe doesn't know or maybe doesn't want to know (laughs) that uh, it happened to her and uh, that's why i felt i felt like i I had to share and i had to write a little bit about what happened to me and uh, I was so pissed. Honestly, I was so pissed when I listened to your podcast. I mean, it made me realize um, 
if it happened to you, if it happened to me, exactly with the same people, like this person, they know what they are doing and they know that they can do whatever they want because they, they will be protected by like the big guy in Israel. Who, oh like, my gosh. I have like zero doubt knows about it all, you know? I mean, how many, I mean, I, I felt this, when I read your post and realized we'd gone through something similar to me, I started shaking. I like, I was like trembling. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Because then, then I began thinking if, if it happened to me and it happened to this woman who, cause we, we trained together. Like we went out to dinner together in Las Vegas. We, yeah. we were friends in this organization. Like, mm-hmm. and here it happened to someone else that I had known and been friends with was just like, I felt like someone had smacked me across the face. I was just like dazed from it, especially when we we talked after and we found out that there was one similar person involved in each story. The guy that, you know, harassed me and then the guy that also didn't protect you and that we both went through the same U.S. guy and were shut down. And then Mm -hmm. the big guy in Israel shut both of us down. And by the way, the big guy in Israel once told me that I reminded him of his daughter. So if this is how he treats his daughter then oh gosh what do you mm. call it misogyny yes <laughs> misogyny big time oh my gosh do you think there are other survivors out there from this organization that we don't know about i've tried to find some but i haven't been lucky so far honestly i have no doubt i have no doubt you have no doubt <laughs> i have no doubt there are many more out there but i think like You see, it's like you remove yourself entirely from them. And I did the same. Uh, I didn't cut out everybody from Kramaga because I still think I met some nice people there. But uh, I removed like a big chunk, let's say. And uh, I think like if something like that happened to you, if you are abused uh, verbally, like emotionally, like physically, sexually, and then you scream for help and nobody listens to you and everybody pretends you don't exist or like it's your fault. I mean, why would you stay with them? Like, no, you just, I mean, maybe you would say, <laughs> but uh, maybe also you can cut out ties and like, little bit like me, I've been so disgusted by the organizations that I don't ever want to like think about it again, you know? So you don't want to have nothing to do with them. And I don't know. So I think that's why like this, because honestly, after your post and like speaking with you about it, and I was like, so angry i wanted to go into like a crusade i wanted to go in every single like facebook group i wanted to go in every single forum and say okay like tell us your story you know like me too (laughs) yes right but then i didn't know how to like begin that and i was like oh and maybe what if like something bad happened to me in return because there will be some revenge and uh, i need to be shut down and i don't know i don't know exactly you know and uh it's, I, I feel so hungry, so hungry about all of that. And yeah, knowing that there are other women, but uh, I don't know where to find them. And then like, they need to know they are not alone and it was not their fault. And then then this organization also need to listen to the voice of the woman. Like you do what? Like you silent one, you silent two, you silent 10, you silent 100 most probably. And then like, it doesn't mean that because you managed to silence them that they don't exist and they don't have their voice anymore, you know? like. We are still here and we are still speaking about it and we are still like traumatized about what happened to us and like trying to figure out why it happened and like how it was possible that people let it be, you know? So this organization has a big problem and I'm sure like if you want to find more women, you should go and ask them directly. I'm sure they have a list, you know, or they have at least a little profile in their mind. 
Oh gosh, I'm sure they have something somewhere because I, considering that there's there's similar characters, especially one who was actively involved in having harassing both of us in mm. both our stories, that tells me that there, there has to be other women out there. So hopefully if they hear this, they'll come forward. And I think it's important that women do come forward. Otherwise, I don't know, what if you like run into the head guy from Israel again, suddenly you're running to the bathroom to cry because you're just like, oh God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't know what I would do if I ran into um, the French director ever again. Like, for like, once in a while, I'll still see a Facebook post. I'm just like, <gasps> oh my God, oh my God. Like, it's, it's like a shocking feeling in my chest just to like, think about what happened to me. It's just like, oh my God, it's, it, it's really crushing. Although it does help knowing that I wasn't alone in that. So I really appreciate your bravery and coming forward and speaking with me and reaching out. Thank you so much. It, it has really helped me process what happened to me. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you very much also for your podcast because I think, yeah, processing is a big word. No, it's like sometimes you think you process and then after you realize you didn't and then you go back to it. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> It's not linear, it's a circle. You go up and then you go down and then you go, yeah, this way, then right. you go that way and then you're like... <laughs> Some days you're like, I'm going to process. Some days you're like, screw you. I'm going to drink a bottle of wine, have a pizza in my bathtub. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. No, exactly. And I, I thought I processed this whole Krav uh, Maga experience. But um, after your podcast and the way it made me react, I, I, I saw that uh, maybe there's still like some, uh, some stuff inside of me, let's say. And uh, but at least the fact that you speak up, it allowed me to see that in a different perspective, that I was not the crazy, angry, hysterical woman, you know? No. No, no and like, you know never. And you know what's really crazy too is after we um, connected, I began reaching out to other people in the US who have left this Krav Maga organization that is a global organization. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I began like trying to trying to find more more um, more survivors. And one of the women I reached out to, she was branded as being like hysterical and angry and like really like really you know bad term. But looking back, that was so misogynistic, right? Because you know mm-hmm. when you talk to mm-hmm. her, she is a wonderful woman, and um, she'll probably hear this too. So love you if you're listening. But you know she was wonderful, and she you know helped me like think back and remember some details, and was like, oh my gosh, if we had known what had happened, you know we would have helped you. And she was like, oh my gosh, what happened to you was sexual assault. And she was like the first person to actually say those words to me. Mm. What happened to you was sexual assault. But just like you and me, she was branded as a hysterical woman because mm-hmm. he refused to work with an instructor that was having him do dangerous things so because she stood up for herself and was like i'm not going to do this dangerous thing she was branded as hysterical and crazy just like us mm-hmm. it really yeah, does yeah, of course. yeah so she was victimized in her own way too not sexually but she was victimized in her own way so that kind of shows like the broad it's the outreach the claws they dug into us oh uh, actually uh you know when like i begin to do krav maga and i begin to go to like higher uh, level of the sphere <laughs> like uh, toward like uh, instructorship uh, I don't know. I begin to have like all of these people I never met, like asking me as a friend on Facebook. And I was adding everybody because I'm like, oh, we are all doing Krav Maga. We are like a big family. We're I will meet family. you. One. Well, yeah, you know, like well, I was young. And, <laughs> and uh, still I still young. Being, uh, no, but like a dumb and young, you know, like naive. And uh, I, I end up being friends with like uh, this uh, instructor uh, from UK. I don't remember where she was based in the UK. 
And she was full on Krav Maga. She was full on, on a, uh, she was like training all the time, like showing video of herself. And she was very, very into it. And until like one day I saw a post of her saying that, or uh, I've been told by like the big guy in Israel or like the big uh, organization in Israel, I was too much, too vocal, developing too much my own personal brand and that uh, I was not fitting anymore with the image of like that global organization. And then I was like, can they ask to leave? <gasps> yeah, she always had like her hair like in curls and she'd wear like a crop top and be like posing and then like with her gun and stuff. And it was like, you know, she made, she made a brand on being like a Barbie doll, right? Uh, yes, I think, honestly, I think I, I, I unfriend her or like maybe she unfriended me like already like more than five years ago. So I cannot remember her face, but I think that's ring a bell. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I, I could give more details, but like, who cares? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and uh, no, and at, at that point, in a way, like I saw that happening to her and I saw it, it was in a sense like unfair because she, you could see like she loved what she was doing and she was doing that out of love and uh, I don't know she was full out and good for her you know if you find something that, something that you love it and then you can make a living out of it like good for you you know you kindly ask her to leave and then pretty much that uh, her entire uh, being part of like the organization for more than 10 years I imagine uh, to be at that level was like nothing there is no value because she was a threat so you know Anything that's a threat, including survivors, were quashed down. Oh my yeah, gosh. yes. I mean, is there anything that you kind of take away from your experience, you know, looking back upon it after, you know, having connected with me again and having shared your story and reflecting on it? Like, what do you take away from your experience? Uh, tough question. I didn't know about that. Uh, I think, like, you should never be afraid to speak out, even if there are like like 100 people, a gigantic organization, and I don't know what, like this threat. <laughs> and just speak out because it's not worth it. It's not worth it to keep it for yourself. And like, you might feel like it's all your fault and that you're the bad one, but like, like if something like that happened to you, you're clearly you're not the bad one. Like, this is obvious. If you could go back in time, would you still do it? Or would you just say, nope? I'm going to do BJJ or I don't know. I'm going to oh do a painting class, do a pottery class or something. Okay. Do you know, it's like even before starting the Krav Maga school uh, in New York. Okay. There are like two main uh, international and global um, Krav Maga school in the world. I mean, there are more than two, but like there are two that really fight hard. And uh, when I was in Singapore, I trained with um, a global one and when I arrived in New York there was no global one so I trained with like the international one let's say and uh, and the, with the international one in New York uh, it was good it was cool but that I, I ended up just like arriving and I had a higher level than the instructor in New York no way so the instructor began to like not like me very much because my technique were like sharper than theirs and um, I mean they didn't like it you know because I was making like look bad and uh which is understandable you know but i was like no it's not they should no, be like, like hey teach me <laughs> no but like okay so i tried to like pretend that i was not good and so i could keep on like follow the class and like being part of like a big family and i don't know what and uh, and uh, and i was not happy because i was not working i mean training and my full potential so that's why i ended up reaching out to that uh, guy in the middle of long island to create the school with him because they also um, help managing a school in Singapore. And uh, that's how I ended up 
being going back to like my uh, global organization and um, and when I tried to leave the international organization I was friend I thought with like the director of New York uh, because I was spending a lot of time doing Kramaga because I love to do Kramaga and uh, and then he was like okay well uh, we are going to like uh, send a lawyer at you you will never be able to like stop like the payments uh, the monthly payment you don't have the right to speak with any of our students anymore because uh, you don't have the right to steal them from us and da, 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 da. And then already I had like this background in New York before beginning the school. And then having to fight, you know, like one year later with like the guy because he didn't want to pay me and then the threat and all of that, you know? So, I mean, like, seriously, um, what do I have to take out of this is like, if there is something you like, a, a hobby, keep it a hobby. Never try to go to like the higher sphere. Because that's when like uh, the problem arise and you, then, then it's not a hobby anymore. It's a, it's, it's a fucking war, let's say. And um, and this I would not uh, recommend. Just if there is something you like, just do it as a hobby and uh, and that's it, you know. Otherwise, it's a job and they need to be paid for it at a fair price. Oh no! When you're talking about um, the guy who it was um, giving you death threats, even from the start, it was abusive. The fact that he there was no contract, he didn't agree to pay you, and all that stuff. And like, even that that just reeks of exploitation. Like he exploited you, and I am so sorry. <laughs> I honestly, I had no idea what happened to you, and I really wish I had been there for you. I'm so sorry I wasn't. But you know, in a way, I was proud of myself. That's the worst part. You know, I was like, well, you know. I can help set up a school, it's cool, you know, I can do so many things at the same time. I like, like, I'm, I'm who runs the world, you know? And, uh, and no, yes. And like, no, like, like to whom I had to prove all of these things because at the end, nobody cared and nobody saw. And, uh, and I got nothing out of it, you know, like, except like a death threat. <laughs> so, you know. Um, <laughs> Yes, that, that, that's, the, that's what happens when you have so much misogyny. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I should have asked the question before to know exactly what I, like in a philosophical term, what I thought I could have like taken back from this experience. Uh, I have a lot of uh, anger still <laughs> also. Oh, me too. And, yeah, right? So, it's so weird. And uh, I wonder I, why. I honestly, I want the people of your organization to to see us, to listen to that podcast, and to get a strong look in the mirror and at themselves. I really want this to happen. Me too, because honestly, they they're they're still around. They're still powerful. These guys. It's so funny. We're the ones that were victimized, and we left to help save ourselves. But the people who hurt us are still in it. So. Yeah. How's that for justice? And thriving, huh? Eh? Because I get paid for that. Oh, yeah. We n- I never got paid. I, I helped up in this school. I was never paid. You gave so much of your time. You were never paid. Um, it's almost like they took advantage of us. I, mm, mm, mm. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to kind of psh, 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 throw at me through the, through the computer? No, I think... Yeah, no, I would just encourage people who have something, anything, even if you feel like, oh, it was nothing, or maybe I misunderstood to like just reach out to you and like have a good talk with you to see. Maybe it was something more than like just nothing or like maybe I misunderstood the gesture or the word or whatever, because 
education is not over, you know, like uh, with any form of abuse, mm, you never, I don't know, you feel like it's never real or maybe it was your fault or maybe you misunderstood and then uh, I think the more you can speak about it, the more you can realize what happened and the more you can process and grow from it and help out others. So yeah, I would just uh, encourage anybody who need to speak to reach out and to speak, yes. I hope they do because you're right. In the moment, it's very much like, wait, what is happening? Like I, I remember even as he was touching me, I was like, uh, my mind was like, uh, and I was like, uh, what, <laughs> yes! what, 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 wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, no, can you please stop for a second? Oh, not gonna stop. Okay, keep going while I think then. Uh, and like, and the impossibility to react and to think and to move and to be like, just like, it's like, this is so ludicrous. What is happening? What is happening? Yeah. Why is this yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. It's just so ridiculous. But yes, those, thank you so much once again for speaking with me today. Thanks, so sorry, Thanks to you. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. Okay, we can have some music for the outro just to kind of lighten the mood. So, once again, guys, it really helps having that validation from knowing that you're not alone in something like this. And again, if you can help get the word out, try and find other survivors from a Krav Maga organization that is global, you know, please send them my way because they deserve to know that there are other women out there who love and support them and that what happened isn't fair. And hopefully, you know, one day we'll live in a world where this doesn't happen because it really shouldn't. But until then, I'm gonna go get a glass of wine because <laughs> that's definitely a yeah, definitely have reached a level of understanding and peace and yeah, yeah, yeah. But also sometimes you also need to have a wine break and just like cry it out for a few minutes in the shower. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. So I'm gonna go do that. You guys, please go visit me on all my social media accounts or if you want, you can send us an email at thedivadiscussion at gmail.com. And again, if you wanna harass me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn. I think that's all of them. And again, if you wanna take over one of these for me, please do so. I don't like running this many channels by myself. It's really annoying. So it's yours. I give it to you. We all have stories and they deserve to be heard. I'll see you next time. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. You can also visit their website, thehotline.org. If you identify as an abuser or a word you might be an abuser, please call the hotline as well. They'll be able to help you. Please remember, you're not alone.